Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This week, I will be speaking with Sarah Silver. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Silverware Inc., a Microsoft WAR partner providing ERP solutions for the manufacturing and distribution industry. Today, we talk about the Silverware way, the guiding principles which Sarah and her team live and breathe. These seven habits provide the foundation for creating long-lasting organizational and client relationships. Sarah and her team recently completed a YouTube series to discuss each habit and what they mean to her and her team. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Great. Let's get started. So, Sarah, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I would say it started that uh, when I was young, I loved math and was always good at it. So I chose to be a math major in college. I really had no idea what that meant, but mm-hmm. I I was one of good grades. So I did that. <laughs> and uh, when I got out of college, I started as an analyst at a marketing firm. And that was in the mid 80s when people were slowly getting their first PCs, you know, their first desktop PCs and offices. And um, I was handed an Apple II computer and kind of figured out what to do with it. And I love to say that when that computer would get hot, like every hour, we'd have to open the back and push down on the chips so <laughs> to, make, to keep things working. But that, that was how I kind of my first computer experience. I, I think I was probably the last graduating class in college that didn't have that had a typewriter and not a PC. So, um, you know, I was I was in the typewriter age of college, which dates me. Um, After I left that first job, I went on to another job as a pricing analyst. And whenever I needed data, it just took months to get it from the IT department off of the mainframe computer. And so I bought a programming book and asked for a computer and I learned how to do it on my own at that job. And that position, though I enjoyed the work I was doing and I was paid great, it was a very stressful environment with a somewhat abusive leadership team. And I knew I wasn't going to make it there very long. So um, I quit kind of abruptly and had just gotten married and had to figure out what I was going to do to contribute (laughs) to our income because I was doing so well. Um, So I started helping people with their computers and I thought, oh, this will just be, you know, for now. And here we are today still doing that. Essentially, I I went to a Comdex computer show and I met someone who, who was selling from a computer land some software and he needed people to help his customers with it. And I slowly developed a client base and um, started focusing on um, accounting software. And I didn't know very much about accounting. So my husband would teach me accounting at night. And um, I started helping people with accounting software. And that really morphed into what I do now, which is called ERP software, which covers accounting, but a whole organization's uh, software environment for CRM, manufacturing, inventory, and accounting. So that's kind of how we got where we are today. 
What a great journey. And you kind of made me smile when you talked about pushing down on the chips because <laughs> I remember that clearly. So I'm yeah. dating myself as well, but I still remember doing that over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Pulling up yeah. the cover and then pushing down and everything and then restarting it. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like we've, um, you know, it's probably kind of cliche to say, but I feel like we've really grown up with the technology mm -hmm. industry, mm -hmm. having graduated college when I did, you know, with my Smith Corona typewriter. And, mm -hmm. um, and just watching everything happen from the, you know, DOS and windows and, and I don't know, I had a TRS 80 computer back in the day. So mm -hmm. it, it, it really, I feel like we've really been fortunate to watch it all happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, now you're making me think of like a compact portable yeah. uh -huh. that was supposed to be a portable computer and it was like a sewing machine. It was huge. Exactly. And that was my first computer for silverware. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yes, yeah. we really have grown up with computers. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this podcast is focused on bridging the employment pay and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing in the industry today? Well, uh, certainly when I started, there were no women um, at conferences or training classes. I was always the loner. And my, my husband would tease me that I got all the attention because I was the only woman there. Mm -hmm. um, and today, there are certainly many women in all levels of tech com tech companies, but certainly not enough. And mm -hmm. um, I think it kind of starts in education. You still hear girls saying they don't like math. And mm -hmm. um, there's such a gender bias, I think, in early education in that area. And so I think as more girls are becoming exposed to STEM, it's kind of cool these days for girls to be coders and, you know, learn computer skills at a young age. I think we'll start seeing more female coders, more female leaders in tech companies. And um, I do think there's great opportunity. It's um, it's just taking a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, the pandemic, we saw so many women come out of the workforce that it really set us even further back than before. Yeah. So yes. yeah, we need so to I do some work. Some work, but I think a tech job is awesome, um, for, uh, an awesome case for working remotely. And mm -hmm. a woman who has responsibilities at home and has to do um, you know, more daytime things uh, has great opportunity to work remotely. And I think the one thing the pandemic's brought us is more acceptance and accessibility of remote work, you know, there's more remote jobs. And I think that that might really help women moving forward. Yeah, it gives us a better work-life balance as well, right? Exactly. For doing it remotely or home, if you need to make dinner, you know, exactly. you, can, you can shut down at a normal hour, go make dinner, be with your family. And then if you have to come back on, you can, if you're not, then you're fine till the next day. Yeah. So yeah, you're very, you're very right. About as that. long as you set up some boundaries, I, I, I still, I've come to our office this whole time because I don't have any boundaries. If I were home, I would hop <laughs> on my computer all night long and keep working. So <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, I don't talk about boundaries. Believe me, I don't have them. <laughs> well, when you have a business, that's what happens, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so you've created at your organization, you've created an amazing culture that revolves around some guiding principles. Can you share with us more about these principles? Sure. Um, we really do focus on culture. It's um, how we keep our employees and we keep our customers. I think we have less turnover and high customer retainage 
because of our culture. And we also think it's just much more fun to work when everyone's kind of working together and driving the same, same principles. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened is about six years ago, we acquired another company that was very similar to ours. In fact, we knew all the employees already. And um, I was friends with the owner of that organization. And we were really worried about how we would um, bring the two companies together and keep both teams working well together and merging everything. Because we didn't want to be two separate offices. We wanted to be one company. So we did some research. We did some customer research to find out you know, what was working that we were doing and what wasn't working with our customers. And then we kind of had a big meeting where everyone got together and we came up with what we call the seven habits. And they're kind of like the everything I learned in kindergarten sort of stuff from that book years ago. Mm. Um, but the seven habits really have become our foundation. And we, um, I'll rattle them off. I, I jotted them down so I'd remember them today. Um, mm. Communicate now, work as a team, clarify and verify, take ownership, close the loop, build relationships and know your customer's business and show it. And so those seven habits, what's, what's great about them is everything we do, we're, whenever something doesn't work, we're always able to kind of push it back to, to what habit wasn't followed. And it's a nice way for us to talk to our team and say, you know, you need to work on this habit or, wow, you did a great job taking ownership of this situation. And it, it, it gives us some guidelines that are really helpful. And our customers completely recognize it. They don't realize, well, they've seen it on our website probably, but they don't realize that, that we've given the structure. But they say things like, wow, thank you so much for communicating what's going on with us. Or, man, I look at you, your team as part of our team. And, you know, we're all one team. And those sorts of things have really made it um, a really positive experience. And I... I was not on board with this whole process when we first started it. Um, my husband really pushed it. And, you know, I'm the math person, so I'm not into the touchy-feely stuff. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it really, mm-hmm. it's been an awesome experience for us. And I think um, one of, we, on our website, we have videos of our employees talking about their favorite um, habits. And one I love is take ownership. Is um, is the owner of the company, you know, a lot of decisions just, bounce down to up to me. I feel like down <laughs> bounce up to me. And, and I don't really need I feel to be like making, we go both ways, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't really need to be making those decisions. And mm-hmm. I've always said to people, making the decision, there's a million ways to solve a problem usually. There's not always one solution. Mm-hmm. If you take it and run with it and solve it, I don't care how you got there. <laughs> I'm just glad right. it's solved. So I try to really encourage people to take ownership because that helps me a lot but also makes them feel more empowered. We, you know, we don't have a lot of fancy titles here, but we want people to know that they can have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our habits have really helped us in that way. And um, during the pandemic, we really doubled down on them. Um, you know, communicate now. We, we had to make sure we had ways to communicate and do our job when we weren't in person with each other or with our clients. Um, as you know, I forced the cameras on everyone as part of our communication, <laughs> and um, we we continued to try to build relationships with our team. We've hired, um, since the pandemic, we've hired several people that we've never met, which was unheard of to me before, um, but we found ways to get to know these people and and feel like they're, you know, bring them into the, the fold, <laughs> bring them into the team, um, even though they're remote and they haven't met anyone else in the company. It's just, it's just something you have to consciously do. And I, I never realized culture 
could happen subconsciously. No, that's great. And it's funny that you say that the camera really helps because we had a couple of people that we hired uh, in Chicago, the, you know, through the pandemic. So we never really met them. Mm -hmm. And just last month I went to Chicago and I, we had a dinner and I'm like, I can't believe I have never met you because I know you, you know, because we've yeah. seen you on the camera. We've talked to you just like we've known each other for years. So oh, that's, so, that's nice. so true. And, and what you're in, you know, um, what you're implementing is really good. It, it really fosters that teamwork. Yeah. I know that like, um, everyone got a little sick of, you know, the Zoom happy hours and bingos that we did and things like that. <laughs> but at least it kept everyone somewhat engaged. We years ago, we had an employee who was remote. He lived about an hour from our Seattle office. So he didn't come in very often. Mm -hmm. And um, he ended up resigning. And he said, well, I just don't feel like I'm part of the team. I'm mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? You, you, you isolated yourself. But now I realize that was on us as well as, as him to 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 reach out and find these ways that you yeah. can connect so the pandemic has really taught us how to engage um engage with everyone even you know our local people that don't come to the office or our people that live in other states right right no that's great and yeah. i love these um habits the seven habits yeah. we call them in our company core values and i think it's sure. kind of the same thing yeah. where yeah. you live and you hire and you fire based on these core values right i mean they the employees must have that we must ingrain these things in into them over time and then they become part of the culture Exactly. And, and they are part of our compensation plan, too, because oh, nice. you can kind of quantify them, you know, at least as a yes or no or needs improvement sort mm -hmm. of thing. And this way throughout the year, their managers can 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 kind of sometimes with a person, you just can't tell what's not working. But mm -hmm. we can put it into one of these buckets and then help them work on it. Yep. And then, yep. um, you know, that then they can be measured on it. And, and, and again, it's usually a positive thing, not a negative thing. In other words, wow, they're doing really well in this habit. They should, they deserve, you know, a, a, a kick up or something like that. Yeah, no, that's great. And really for performance reviews, I think that could work as well to really gauge, you know, a scale of how good you are in each of these and you know which ones you need to improve in. And it is positive. It's not negative at all. Yeah. No one likes mm -hmm. to, it's very hard to identify qualitatively what's not working. So this right. gives us some guidelines. No, that's great. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. So Sarah, as an entrepreneur, what keeps you up at night? I'd love to ask this question because, oh, you know, we always have something that wakes us up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like What's it for you? Um, yeah. Well, it, this right now it's hiring. Um, yes. we, we are completely limited um, in our what work we can sell based on, who, you know, our team and our team has been working so hard. They, they've, 
they're so productive remotely, which has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, I, I can't sell anymore right now, or we're, we're pushing mm-hmm. projects out. We sell these big projects that are like three or four month projects. And we really are, I'm worried that we're, um, you know, overloading everyone too much and we need more people. The job mm-hmm. market is just very tight, especially for the skill set we're looking for. And um, so that's what I, that's, that's been the past couple of months of, of 3 a.m. I call them board meetings because um, I, I'm the <laughs> board of directors. And so I have, but so that's, uh, that's what's been going on. But I, you know, I would love um, to have the time to put together um, an internship program or a, a, an official training program for young kids out of school so that we can, as we say, grow our own consultants and teach them right. the silverware way and our habits, mm-hmm. as well as the, you know, the, the tech skills that, that um, our business needs. And we're finally probably big enough that we have the capacity to have people, um, you know, work on that. In the past, it's always been, we always needed people working on projects and, mm-hmm. and um, we, we would hire people with experience, but you know, the, the people with experience are kind of aging out. And, um, and so, you know, we need to, we need to think about younger people, you know, the, the, um, and, and when I say aging out, I just mean they want to retire. I don't mean we're right. selective right. in that way. And they're right. just ready to retire the people that have been doing this for a long time. So, um, and the, when we have, we've hired um, kind of as an experiment, a few um, kids that have been either is it okay to say kids? <laughs> um, a few kids sure, that have been out of school, sure. young, younger people um, who have been, you know, out of school, maybe just graduated or just a year or two out of school. And it's gone, it's been wonderful. I, I love their thinking, mm-hmm. um, their creativity. They're so comfortable on the computer and um, they can really learn what we need them to learn to do, mm-hmm. to be consultants, to be ERP consultants. But um, we just need to be able to have someone who can do the training because it'll mm-hmm. take, you know, six months or a year to get someone to be really up to speed. And we just we're, we're ready to dedicate to that. And I think I think that's what what we need to do, um, kind of keep a a, a, um, a cohort of, young, of people you yeah. know, constantly learning more. So I think that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, I've that's talked right about doing this for years with yeah. instructors because a lot of the yeah. instructors in the industry that are seasoned are at their retiring age and they don't want to work as much as they did maybe, you know, five years ago. And it's hard to find good, strong, seasoned instructors. So we really have to grow our own. And I haven't done this either, but would love to do it at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, we can share tips and tricks as we there do it. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. So let's talk about leadership. What are some of the qualities that women possess that make great leaders? So if you look at yourself and you look at other women around you, uh, do you see things that stand out, qualities that stand out um, in women versus our male counterparts that really are great qualities for leadership? I think um, I would say it's empathy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said before, I'm not very touchy-feely, but I probably am more than I recognize. I I feel like (laughs) And there's plenty of empathetic men out there. So this is, you know, definitely there's a grayscale in empathy. But I feel like, um, at least me, um, uh, with me, I see, I see things happening that I think that men generally don't see, especially in relationships with our employees or our customers. Um, I, I think I'm just a little tuned into how people are feeling about stuff. Um, you know, I can, I can predict. Um, uh, a dissatisfied employee 
pretty quickly early on or mm -hmm. um, a customer relationship that maybe isn't uh, going to work out. And I, I think maybe some people just put blinders on and don't look at that, but it starts eating at me and I start, you know, drilling into it and trying to figure out mm -hmm. what's going on. And so I, I would say it's, it's bad. I, you know, I, there's some qualities I have that don't, don't help me much. You know, I, I'm sensitive and I have a hard time with difficult conversations because mm -hmm. um, I care about our employees so much. And mm -hmm. I, um, I don't, I don't like that part of what I have to do, but um, I do think that, that I can recognize what people need a little sooner than um, I work yeah. with my husband. So I, I would say I work, I notice things a little sooner than he might. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And empathy is a great one because it's so needed in the workplace today. And I learned so much more how to be more empathetic during the pandemic than I ever did in my entire career, oh, yeah. just because people were dealing with so much more, you know, yep. Um, yep. on a daily basis, not only did they have to come to work remotely, but still had to be at work. They had to share that internet with the entire family that was working and going to school at home right. and then right. the dog and the kids and, you know, just everything happening at the same time. And so I really learned a lot about empathy during that time and still carrying it out, which is, you know, so important. Yeah. I, if you had asked me two years ago, how I felt about remote working, we, mm -hmm. most of our employees, we encouraged them to move to one of the cities our offices were in or mm -hmm. a few people we hired remotely, but the, the goal was to always have an office presence. And when the pandemic hit and people were gonna have to work at home, I thought, oh, this is going to be a disaster. It has been so incredible. And I've learned so much about trust. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets their job done. Yeah, they might have to go get the kid on the class or, mm -hmm. or uh, do more things at home than they used to, but they can do it and it, it works out great. I feel so fortunate that we can give them that flexibility now and um, work the way they need to work. Because um, I, I don't think we're ever going back to the way we used to be. And I'm today completely comfortable with it. We have a beautiful office and if no one comes here, I'm okay with that. That's so I, great. I, yeah, That's I miss really them personally. I, I miss I miss like knowing about the the kids and the grandkids and the the, the personal things, but so I have to just remember to reach out and 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 message them on Teams or something and find out what's going on <laughs> with everyone. Yeah, every meeting we start out with some pleasantries and understanding how everybody's weekend was and you know we take that five minutes in every meeting to do that just because it's so important remotely to do it yeah um, yeah so yeah that's great and yeah. you know it's such a great benefit for your employees too to have that yeah. privilege to work from home i always tell my staff that this is don't take it for granted it is a privilege you know it's so great that you can do it respect it take you know, do, do your work, do it well. And then you have that work-life balance. Right. And, and be present when you're present. That's, that's the other that's thing. Is I, if someone's, you know, has a, a crisis with their kids, then reschedule your meeting, do what that's you need right. to do, but be present when you, when you're present. And you're, yeah. But, very, yeah. very good advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, what's the most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? I love oh. this because then I create my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to remember if you've told me you've been here or not. I have had the fortunate experience of going to South Africa twice. 
Oh, I um, have not been there. It's oh, on the already. You, oh. it, put it, move it to the top. I was yes. in, um, I went with my mom about um, six years ago to South Africa, oh, eight years ago, probably because we forget the pandemic <laughs> gap, yeah. eight years ago, to South Africa, Botswana and Zimbabwe and um, Namibia. And it was on a safari trip and it was wonderful. And then when my youngest son graduated college, I, I felt I wanted to share this with my family. So my husband and, and kids and I went back and um, it's just beautiful. The open land is gorgeous. The, the wildlife, I mean, is beyond incredible. Mm -hmm. The people are so lovely and, and they're so, um, they can educate you on so much of, of the wildlife. And it was just, it was just awesome. So I, I would like to go back. So and in fact, awesome. I love we, that. we have a and prospect in Zimbabwe. I, I had a little glimpse of the people from there because I don't know, it might've been about 10 years ago. We had a couple people actually take a class in person in oh. Chicago and they came from South Africa. Wow. And when they came, they brought gifts for us oh, how nice. without even knowing us. It was so sweet. It's just like, oh my gosh, you know, and that's when it went on my list. I'm like, I got to yeah. go there. These people oh, are. Oh yeah. I'll give yeah. you my itinerary. It was awesome. Okay. I, I will ask for that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So as a business owner, you know, we have everything tugging at us, very demanding position. How do you fi find balance between work and family and how do you set those boundaries that you talked about and any tips you can provide for our listeners who might be experiencing this challenge? Because it's a very big challenge for me. I can tell you that. And I'm not good at it. So maybe you can help. <laughs> well, yeah, I've um, it was very hard when I had young children. I, I've, again, aged myself many ways in this conversation. My my kids are all grown now. Um but when they were young, I felt like I was never doing the right thing. I was, you know, at work when I should have been helping at school or I should have been home when I, you know, it was always wrong. Everything I was doing was wrong, I felt like. And um, I had the incredible experience of working with my husband. When um, the company was about eight years old, I hired my husband, so to speak. <laughs> he joined mm -hmm. me. He he really helped helped in a lot of ways. I, I wasn't good at running a business, so he he does all that stuff. And um, so we were this team that was so united and I, I couldn't have done it any other way. Um, he's also, uh, we, we don't follow any normal gender roles. He cooks, whatever, but um, mm -hmm. that's we, great. We, yeah, we, we, we share it all. And so that, that's how I really got through that time. Um, um, but I would say the most important thing to do, especially as a woman juggling work and family or men juggle work and family too, is you need to ask for help. It's, it's so important to ask for help and, and recognize what you can and can't do because um, first of all, everyone's, everyone's got it, you know, going through the same thing and people have great tips and resources for you, but um, you can't, you can't do it on your own. It's you, you need help. Um, and as we talked about before, I think remote work is, is awesome and is going to open so many opportunities for women. Um, at the same time, you have to remember to shut down. You, you have to, you, you can't let your, I, I try not to turn on my computer very much at night. I, I will admit to opening my iPad so I can read mail, but I try not to open my computer at night anymore. Cause then I go to bed thinking about work. I mm -hmm. sleep better. Mm -hmm. I just need to set up those boundaries. Um, and I think that, I guess the third thing I'd say is, um, is 
don't like crawl in a hole and put your head down and just do your work. But in tech, it's so easy to just start writing your emails or writing your program code or just work, work, work and um, and not engaging with your teammates. It's just so mm-hmm. important to keep your your interactions going. It'll make you happier in your work. It'll make you understand your coworkers better that, you know, everyone's just trying to do the best they can and they're not out to get you, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. really important to engage with your team, I would say. I love the ask for help because women are not good at that. And uh, we try to be superwoman and try to take everything on and then overload ourselves and burn out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So asking for help, I think, is so important. And then don't crawl in the hole because when you are when you are burned out, you feel like just doing that. So I think I've been there. I think many of us have been there. So that's great, great, great advice. Um, So in closing, what advice Uh would you give to a woman who might be considering career in tech but not really sure? well, <laughs> I, I, I want to preface it by saying I, I, I hate that we qualify women in tech as opposed to just people in tech. But I, obviously we have to because we need to get more women in tech and we need to call attention to it. Ideally, one day there won't be women in tech lunches. Right. So they'll just be tech lunches, so to speak. That's right. But, so the first thing I think is you need to, um, if you're interested in a career in tech, that you obviously need to make sure you have the skills, that your skills are current. Um, the industry moves so fast. I, I used to say we we were on the um, we believed in legacy software because we were having so, such a hard time staying current. We've now crossed that bridge and we we work very hard to stay current. But mm-hmm. you obviously want to make sure you have the right skills for the area of tech you want to be in and get um, the training you need. Um, I could plug for you right here, Jennifer. <laughs> get the training you need and make sure that you're. Um, uh, uh, your skill set is is appropriate for what you want to do. Um, learn what tools your sector uses um, uh, so that you can get, you know, really brush up on those skills. And I would say find a female mentor. If you're a woman who wants to get into tech, find a female either at a company you're interested in working for or in the space you're interested in working um, so she can really share with you her experiences of breaking through and, and working with others. And it's very likely you're going to work with a lot of men um, and and learn how to do that. Um, but again, you're just working with people is what I like to just keep thinking mm-hmm. is it's just people. Um, maybe you can get a meaningful internship um, through the mentor or through through your network. But I think a, an internship is is very helpful to expose, um, you know, what what a day in the life is really like. Um, and then. Gosh, going back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, if you have a family, set up your support system, mm-hmm. ask for help, um, make sure that that you're set up for success. It's it's uh, make sure what that that you can do the best you can, um, given your circumstances in this in your new role. I love that. Great, great advice because, and I love the part about getting a female mentor because mentors are so critical and sometimes we forget to even think about, you know, um, somebody to help us and guide us and just somebody to talk to. So the female mentor I think is great as well as just learning the skill, getting an internship, trying it out, seeing if it's for you, um, and build a network and a support system around you. Great, great advice. 
Thank you so much. Wow. I loved our conversation and time just flew. Um, Sarah, thank you so much. It was thank an you. honor to have you on the show. Uh, could you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Sure. Um, our website is silverw.com and you can do a contact us on there or you can email me, Sarah, S-A-R-A at silverw.com. Right. Or LinkedIn, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're all over, right? We can, they can over. find us. Yeah, yeah. Well, so thank nice you again, you, Sarah. Jennifer. It was such thank a you. pleasure. Thank okay. you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.